0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosh. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality. Uh, something that might uh, cause you to get a bit uncomfortable at first but relax because I'm going somewhere okay so there are um, bounces at the gate to prevent anyone from leaving (laughs) especially for these grace people Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about commitment (laughs) we're going to talk about devotion and we're going to talk about um, how to be more committed okay and this is, uh, I know we've got a couple of people joining online, maybe this is for those that couldn't come but li- maybe across the street. No, I'm, I'm joking but stick with me, I'm going somewhere. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I was, um, uh, Stellenbosch uh, Church had their uh, Connection Belong today. It's, it's two parts, it's week one and week two. So their week one was today. And um, so I was preparing the content for them for that and, and uh, had a lot of fun with that. But this is one of the, the uh, passages that I was meditating on with that and I was kind of writing some content for and, and it. And look, look at what it says. It says, they con- uh, verse 42, so Acts 2:42. they continued steadfastly, they continued steadfastly, they continued steadfastly in a couple of things. Which I don't want to get into right now. But they continued steadfastly means to be earnest towards. It means to be earnest towards, to persevere, to be diligent, to attend to. And so that's talking about like some serious commitment. Okay. That's talking about some serious commitment. Now think about it for a moment. And if you're starting to feel a little bit bad, don't. I'm going to help you with that in a sec. But, you know, I, I, as I was preparing for this and thinking about they were, um, what is the word that they used? Devoted is one of the translations. They were steadfastly committed. As I was meditating on that, I was thinking about my job as a pastor, Etienne's job as a pastor. As, for us as leaders, what, what is our job? And, you know, a lot of people fall into this, um, this trap in ministry that it's entertainment. And I mean, if you've come before, you know we're entertaining at times. But that's not our aim. What is our aim? It's to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus and to uh, uh, your heart to get more committed to Him in a way without putting pressure on you. It's an invitation. Okay, so, you know, we're here to shepherd you into greater depths with Jesus, which sometimes can be uncomfortable, right? If you haven't been uncomfortable in that, then uh, uh, let's see by the end of the service. Yeah? So I've got a couple of questions, please don't answer out live, answer them in your heart. But question number one, do you wish you were more committed to God? Right, with that question you've got to think about like, And I was thinking, as I was thinking about this, I was like this can change everything. What, what, what we're talking about tonight can change everything. And I'll show you why just now. But what would the fruit of that be, of being more committed to God? Now some of you are saying I'm 100% committed, I'm committed, I'm committed. Okay, so what would it look like if you were more committed? I'm sure that no one in this room, including myself, is 100% like all there. I remember going to a, a, a leaders event thing. I can't remember what they called it, but it was a, a meeting with Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, the awesome man of God. and uh, uh, He used to have crusades all over Africa, leading people to salvation, like with... Um, maybe 1 to 3 million people uh, in, in attendance and yeah, and I, I got to go to this conference It was quite awkward because as I walked in I don't know why but there was seats open in the front so they actually to the front and I was just nobody and I was like this is awkward so I sat right there so it was kind of like I was in the spit zone so I caught something there <laughs> no I'm joking but the point is, is I remember one of the stories he told and it was like it's too needed It wasn't just to to everybody, it was to leaders. And he was talking about how our life is like a house. And, you know, when visitors come, you kind of maybe take all the stuff you don't want them to see and you put it in a room and you close the door because it's it's a bit maybe embarrassing or it's not neat enough or whatever. But it's like you try and make things look good so that people kind of see a better version of you. Okay? And our lives are like that often with Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't come to visit. He, He lives in us. But... It, when we kind of go to church or when we want to pray or when we want to have a, 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 an encounter with God or just conversation, we feel like sometimes we have to shine things up a bit. Like, God, I've, I've really done well this week. Fast and pray, done good Bible reading, whatever. Like, we, we kind of talk about all these things and yet there's other things. Like, we're trying to compensate for the hidden, hidden areas of our heart that maybe we've closed the door because we've just, like, it's, it's not that great to... We don't want to talk about that. And he was like you know jesus is 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 like the guest who comes and knocks on the front door you invite him into the living room but then he wants to go into the other room as well (laughs) what's in there you're like no no don't worry about that let me make you some tea he's like i want to know what's in there. and the reason is it's for for our benefit okay so so you know do you wish you were more committed to god how many of you would like to be more committed to god don't answer think about it because we would all say yes because it's the right thing to do how many of you would like to know God more? How, how many of us want to grow in our knowledge of God, our relationship with Him? Okay? These are important questions because the whole purpose of salvation is knowing God. Okay? The whole purpose of salvation is knowing God. I know people who, who uh, 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 their whole purpose of coming to God was, He's going to make me rich. And then when I spent some time in Bible study with them, their relationship with God really wasn't there anymore. Because they realized that that's not God's purpose in their life. And they were like disappointed, like that rich, rich young man. Because now he kind of saw, oh, I had my heart set on something that I thought that you were going to do for me, God, but that's not what you do. So, you know, the, the, the point of salvation is knowing Him in such a way that it transforms us. And then our life becomes an advert, becomes a billboard. Like, uh, 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 one translation puts it like that and says that we should be billboards. Advertisement. Uh, advertisement for Jesus. Imagine, like, you, you don't have to say anything, but just the way you live and, and your life is just, shouts Jesus. There's a huge difference, this is a quote, there's a huge difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him, boldness to share Him, and contentment in Him. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him. A lot of people, in serving God in whatever way they think they're serving God, are just plain tired. Why? Because they don't have the primary, most important thing in place. Because when we truly know God... It causes us to serve. It doesn't... We don't serve to know God. We serve because we know God. Okay, then it says you you have energy to serve and boldness to share Him. I don't know about you. I grew up like this because I grew up a Christian. Constantly feeling like I I have to share my faith. I have to share my faith. So I went on all the faith-sharing courses. Contagious Christianity and all sorts of things. And, you know, you learn little tricks and gimmicks to draw pictures and yeah, on a serviette and let me show them this and let me yeah you know, and it's all good stuff and it's helpful but why was i wanting to tell people about my faith because i thought that's what we should do which it is and then why did i do it because i wanted brownie points i wanted to get closer to god i thought i would know god better if i, I would do things that please him but here's the thing when we fall in love with jesus we tell people you know, if, if um, I'm not going to pick on anyone, but if out of the singles, I'm not going to pick on Jamie, for example, <laughs> but if, if, if someone who is single was to all of a sudden meet this amazing person, amazing person, you know, godly man, whatever, and, 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 and that we wouldn't hear the end of it.
1: <laughs> if they, did,
0: especially if they brought them to church. Okay, this, is, this is also marketing for, for Jamie. So the point is... The point is is that when something is that good we tell people but now legalism will tell us you have to tell people about jesus but there's no have to if it's if he's changed your life if he's impacted you okay so what is the fruit of your relationship with god this shows where your relationship with god is do a bit of fruit inspection for a moment remember don't get depressed we'll deal with it. okay how are you doing fruit wise what do I mean? Well, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit. How are you doing in those areas? Okay? How are you doing in loving people and, and being like Jesus to them and, 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 and people like look at you and go, wow, I want what you've got. Or do they go, wow, you're a Christian? <laughs> like, really? You know, like, like uh, w- which one are you? Like, how's the fruitfulness in your life? Is, it, is, is relationship with God producing life and peace? Now, if you're struggling and you're not experiencing life in some respect, or you're not experiencing peace in some respect, there's no condemnation. We'll get there. We'll deal with that. Because there's reasons for it. It doesn't mean you're evil and you're going to hell. Amen? Good. So, is your relationship with God benefiting other people? That's a good question. Because a lot of times we, we're saved into relationship with God and we think it's all about me. God bless me, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm so blessed, you know, and we just kind of go on this, this train of, um, you know, self-censoredness and all of that. And, and yet, we are supposed to be streams of living water, like from, flowing from within us should be streams of living water. It's not a reservoir or a little bucket or a dam for myself and and it's like I'm I'm doing good with Jesus. I'm 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 experiencing his joy and his peace. You know what? The fruit of an apple tree, the apple tree never benefits from. Think about it. It's good for an apple tree to produce apples. It it helps it, it's a, a a product of health. But what good is the apple for the apple tree? Maybe there's some little bit of a thing that you're a, what do you call a, someone who studies, a fruitologist, I'll call them. So you're a fruitologist and, and you're into that thing and you're like, well, I can tell you 10 benefits, praise God. But when I look at it, it's like I pick the apple and I eat it. Or someone picks it for me and washes it and puts it in a packet and we buy it and then I eat it. So it benefits someone else. The fruit of God in your life, of your relationship with God isn't for you, it's for other people. But, because of the fruit in your life, people will come to eat from the tree of your life. We had a word like that years back when we first went into, when we first started uh, Grace Life. A um, minister from England uh, was ministering and uh, he called my, my wife and I out and he said, uh, uh, I see you like a, a fruitful vineyard. And people coming to eat from the fruit in your life. That's exactly what I'm talking about now. It's like the fruit of Jesus in us then people go, wow, I want some of that. And then they, they want to eat what you've got. They want, they want what you've got. You don't have to do a, a marketing and, and a, a good PR for, for people to, to identify fruit. To, to be able to want what you've got. Here's another quote. Once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place... Of their own accord I mean that's a quote from a guy who wrote the book but it echoes Matthew 633 seek first
1: the kingdom of God
0: and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you when we prioritize the main thing everything falls into place that's we talk about relationship with God this evening and that's why uh, uh, you know on the message SMS that went out we said uh, 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 um, uh, this, like tonight, could change everything for you. Could make your life go, life go from, from bad to good, or from good to good. Why? Because relationship with God changes everything. Religion doesn't. Religion stinks. Religion's horrible. I told you guys the story, but we got guests, so I'm going to tell the story again. Okay. We were in on a mission trip in Albania in Eastern Europe last year. And I had extra ministry opportunities at the dentist because I had to have some dental work, surprise dental work done. And I think I spent seven hours with our dentist. And we had Claudia, many of you know her. She was my translator to make sure that they didn't amputate anything. And this this, this dentist was amazing. She's from Italy and um, she was not a butcher, so I can highly recommend her. It was painless as much as it could be. And um, she had to do a lot of work, but the awesome thing was we got to share Jesus with her. Usually when you're at the dentist you can't say much. But I could say, Claudia, tell her your testimony. And then and he was doing his thing and I was listening to Claudia rattle off in, in Albania. And then I would just say, Okay, now tell like as soon as she took her hands out of my mouth, I'd say, Now tell her about this. And then she'd carry on and this this girl's life was changed because she she, she, she realized what Christianity is. At one point, uh, Claudia told her, you know, if you come to our church, you'll see that we don't have statues, you don't have to kiss statues, and we don't light candles. (laughs) Why? Because Eastern Europe, and probably most of Europe, know Christianity as uh, a Catholicism or um, uh, Orthodox Church, where there's candles and there's statues and you do all of these rituals. And we were like, and this girl, when when she said that to her, was like, really? You don't have... You don't have to light candles. You don't have statues. And, and Claudia was like, yes, where do you see that in the Bible? And she thought about it and she was like, you're right. And later on in the conversation she acknowledged when, when uh, uh, she had brought her sister to hear this good news. And uh, Claudia said, um, uh, I'm also not religious. Because the sister introduced herself as not religious. <laughs> and so Claudia said, I'm also not religious. And this girl said, um, huh? Like the dentist. Like what? Do you, oh, I know what you mean now. And Charles, it's not about religion, what you have to do for God. It's relationship. Okay, it's about relationship. So, that's why it can change everything. Because it's not just a set of rules to follow, it's life. It's life. Your greatest prayer and your greatest thoughts, your greatest focus right now might be to deal with a major issue in your life. I'm sure, I know some people have issues and uh, 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 some people have things, challenges that you're trying to overcome. But your greatest need isn't the answer to that problem. Your greatest need is to know Him. That, that I mean, we've got problems and we're like, okay, how do I deal with this? Lord? how do I
1: deal with that? Lord? how do I deal with
0: this? How, and we're trying to deal with all of these issues. But the amazing thing is, if we got the answers to all of our challenges our greatest need would not be satisfied. Because our greatest need is to know Him. And if we were to just take our eyes off of the challenges for a moment and seek Him first and and enjoy Him, then answers would come. Because that's the biblical principle. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Often what we think is important isn't. Put it bluntly. Often what we think is vital for us isn't, isn't all that important. For example, what is the most important thing that anyone on the face of the earth could know? Think about it for a moment. What is the most important piece of information that anyone could know? Regardless of profession, regardless of culture, regardless of geography, regardless of anything. What is the greatest thing that we could know? Do you know the Bible actually tells us exactly what the greatest thing is that we could know? I'm going to read it to you. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4 says, I passed, this is a New Living Translation, I passed unto you what was most important. Okay, everyone say most important. <laughs> Great. I passed unto you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. So he didn't thumbsuck this, he's saying, I didn't create what I'm about to say, this is what was given to me and now I'm giving it to you. This is it. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third days, just as the scriptures said. That's amazing, because we, we kind of think that Christianity is just an add-on. Hey, I'm a Christian as well. No, 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 I'm a Christian. <laughs> Like, like we, we kind of think that it's just something in addition to everything. This is saying that this is the most important thing. More than your studies. More than your business. More than your spouse. More than your, your children. This is the most important thing. Okay? And I mean, I would love to unpack all of the, that, that verse because there's so much in it. But it, I'll just unpack a little bit. It says, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day. Christ is talking about Messiah, the anointed one. So, 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 what the writer, what Paul is saying, is that the Messiah that was foretold in the scriptures, the scriptures isn't talking about the New Testament. The scriptures here is talking about Genesis to Malachi. Okay, because they didn't have a Bible yet. He's busy writing it now. Okay, so he's saying that according to the scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, the Messiah, and he's referring to Jesus specifically, The promised one died for your sins, was buried and raised from the dead. And he's saying, that's the most important thing we can know. Why? Because without Christ, it's all meaningless. I'm going to botch up this testimony. I'm going to share a a part of... um, uh, uh, Tanya, your testimony had you shared with me the other day, but he, he, I'm enjoying how he's just going for it and, and witnessing to people. And uh, I picked him up the other day uh, to, to come back with me and he was sharing with someone and just said, uh, uh, you know, your money is going to perish. <laughs> Basically, your money is going to perish because the most
1: important thing is God
0: wants a relationship with you. That's more or less what you said, right? <laughs> more or less. But that's the point. It's like, what is most important? This life is not all that there is. That's a positive uh, statement, by the way. Many Christians are more excited about the fact that their sins are forgiven. Than they, like, think about it. This is, your sins are forgiven, church, international. This is what we celebrate. Like, we're completely forgiven. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far He's removed our sin from us. We might have sin in our life, but the penalty and the the the, the, uh, the penalty for it is completely dealt with. Hebrews 10 17, I'll remember their sin no more. It's God's teaching. So it's like, yes, we're forgiven. But many of us get more excited about the fact that we're forgiven than we do about knowing Him. And yet knowing Him comes about because we're forgiven. So forgiveness is the door. I'm so grateful none of you are standing at the doorway admiring the door. It's a nice door. I like the door. But the door's purpose is to see, help you get in. But now that you're in, the door has served its purpose. And it will serve its purpose again later when you leave. <laughs> when we all leave. Okay? But the door for forgiveness, we step through that into something. Into relationship with Him. And all that that means Many of us are are, are sometimes more excited about prosperity or healing and power than we are about knowing Him. And yet He's the source. I I, I know lots of people like this. So a good question is, is then, what are you most excited about in your faith? And often what we're most excited about is sometimes the result of our greatest need right now. But let me just tell you your greatest need is not what you feel that's a felt need okay but your greatest need is to know him that's it to know him okay now you're thinking you're talking about knowing him not commitment i'm getting there okay i'm getting there so what are you most excited about in your face revelation chapter 2. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation here. Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 to 4 says, I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they are not, for they were impostors. I know. How you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Yet you have not become discouraged. Verse 4. But I have this against you, Jesus speaking. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. So it's like, I mean, was there ever a slap in the face? This is a gentle slap from Jesus. (laughs) But like, was there ever like such a rebuke, such a loving rebuke? I know everything you're doing. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're, 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 you're going for it. You're working hard. But you've abandoned your first love, your, your, your passionate love, your first love, me. You, 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 you've, you've, you've strayed from that. And what is that talking about? Knowing Him. You're, you're not knowing Him. That's not your focus. Your focus is... The, the, the ministry for God, not the God of the ministry. Your, your, your focus is is, is uh, everything else, like going to church and doing good things, but not who's it for, why are you doing this. It's not that relationship with Him. How passionate would others say that you're for Jesus? How passionate would other people say that you are for Jesus? If you were to ask them, now we would all go straight away to the. The, the, the good people to ask. Amen? <laughs> you know, like like ask a, a, a Etienne or something, you know, maybe not. Uh, I think Etienne's a good person to ask. Like you ask someone that you know they're going to encourage you and like you're doing well or whatever. But let, 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 let's let uh, 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 you know, take out the talk, how we talk about Jesus. Let's take off the masks and sometimes the show that we put on and uh, and let's just ask the question of how passionate are we truly in our hearts? And that's revealed by our focus, it's revealed by what, what directions we're going in, how we live each day. Your friend, your, your, the person sitting next to you can't really answer that question fully you. They might have a glimpse, but that you need to answer that with Jesus. Because uh, uh, it's between you and Him. And let me say this, like we're all at different stages of growth based on... Uh, 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 our walk with god and our knowledge of him etc so you know don't uh, uh, compare yourself to myself or anybody else you are just you before but one day you don't stand before god by uh, with, with with me or with your spouse or with anyone else you stand by yourself because your relationship with god is your own this might be a bit controversial for some of you but um, One of the greatest conversations we have with couples as they're getting married is that did you know that your relationship with God is your own? (laughs) And you can encourage each other in your relationship with God, but your relationship with God doesn't become one. (laughs) Meaning you can't substitute your time with God for now our time with God. You should share with each other and you should maybe if you want to do Bible study, if you want to pray together, that's all good things. But not to the exclusion of you and jesus because you and jesus is more important than you and your spouse okay so let's look at a a, a few key scriptures quickly Uh, john chapter 3 verse 16 fridge magnet scripture number one john chapter 3 verse 16 i can quote it but i'm looking it up for god so loved the world That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came because of God's love, so that we wouldn't perish, but that we'd have everlasting life. Now flip over to John 17, verse 3. We, 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 We mistranslate eternal life. We think it's living forever, and it is. But look here, it's more than that verse 3 john 17 3 and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent so this is saying that relationship with god is knowing him not knowing about
1: him but
0: knowing him okay it's a friendship now it's not just talking about i know etienne or i know you guys to the degree that i know you guys but it, it, it's talking about a deeper knowing, okay? The knowing it's talking about is that when you became a Christian, 1 Corinthians six seventeen, you became one spirit with Him. You became one with Him. One to the exclusion of any other, okay? You were united with Him for eternity. You and Jesus are never to separate, ever again. That's the gospel. It's not that you're a follower of Jesus. Yes, you are. But, more than that, you're one with Him and nothing can change that. You're one with Him now. Okay? And that oneness produces a fruitfulness dependent on the intimacy. The oneness produces fruit depending on the intimacy. What you might be like, what is intimacy with God? Yeah, it's relationship. It's friendship. It's a deep friendship. You know, maybe you, 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 you don't know what this is because maybe you don't have a friend like that or something. And it's a different type of friendship than it is with God. But, you know, knowing someone super well that you can know what they're thinking before they say it. And then you just, like, want to start laughing, you know, because you know exactly what's going on in the situation without having to talk. That's intimacy. Like, you know each other so well that you don't have to talk. Okay?
1: That,
0: that, that's part of it. But intimacy produces fruitfulness. The, the Bible defines intimacy in, in uh, Genesis chapter 4, I think it's verse 1, where it says, Adam knew Eve, knew as a no, Eve, and they conceived and bare a son. And so this is talking about intimacy that produces fruitfulness. So now you and Jesus become one, and that intimacy that you have, you now learn to, to enjoy it, and you know what happens? It produces fruitfulness of love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, because of that relationship, that oneness with Him, Jesus is the seed in you to produce the fruitfulness of the Spirit. You can't get the fruit. The Spirit's not like a tree over here that you now go and pick some fruit off and you put it in your life and I want a bit of patience. And my, my, my friend told me I need some self-control, so I've got some self-control and yeah, I need a bit more... Which one? Dollars. What? Dollars. Yeah. I think dollars, but that's not honest. Gentleness. Let's take some gentleness. and you know, it's like, like, that's not what we're talking about. What it's talking about is you took the, the seed of that tree from the, the, the fruit and you, you became one with it. You consumed it. And now that because you consumed it, now it's part of you and it produces the fruitfulness of Jesus. That's what our relationships with God should be like. And because the... Churchianity has sold us religion. All over the world, Churchianity has sold religion. And because of that, we have millions of Christians who have the, they may have legitimately got the seed of Christ in it. They may legitimately have relationship with God. They may legitimately be born again and going to heaven, but they look exactly like the world and there's no difference. In their thinking and their actions and their life and i'm not talking about sin and all of that i'm even just talking about love loving people things like that so what do you value what do you are you pursuing what's in your heart good verse for that is Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 from the passion your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Do you really value Jesus and knowing Him? Because if you truly value it, you would be pursuing Him. You would be pursuing Him. But, you can't value Him if you haven't been captivated by Him yet. If you haven't allowed yourself to be captivated by Him, and 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 then like then a value starts to grow because you see him for who he is you know many people value themselves more than anything else many people value themselves more than anything else what i mean by that is you know we, uh, uh, we value our lives more than we value jesus, knowing jesus and and uh, our relationship with him and, and so we end up seeking the wrong things we indulge in whatever brings us momentary comfort Whether it's sin or whether it's not sin. What what does that look like? Well, you know, um, it's a difficult example, but um, we, 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 we know that going to church is good for us, but the bed is just so comfortable. Yeah, that's a silly little example, but it's the best one I can come up with right now. Okay? But but it's like whatever. You've you got an example in your head, but we, we kind of indulge in whatever brings us momentary comfort instead of indulging in relationship with God. I'm tired. I don't want to really pray or read my Bible right now. I'd rather watch Netflix. But I'm watching Netflix with Jesus. <laughs> While He's trying to tell you something, but shh, Jesus... Um, well, whoever's on this thing, I need to see what's going to happen next. You know, oh, my battery's going to run out. Yeah, it's not Jesus making your battery run out, by the way. It just runs out because it's, it does that. But the point is, is that I heard this and I loved it. Entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. So it's like, what are you pursuing? Because a lot of us would rather be entertained, and entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. So it's like we feel we need joy, so we go for entertainment. Whether it's an entertaining church or whether it's Netflix, we rather have
1: entertainment
0: than real joy which comes from knowing him, growing in our relationship with him and with each other. I mean l- 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 there's a verse for this. There's a verse for this. Let's go to First uh, John chapter one. First John chapter one. New Living Translation, verse 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, from whom we, uh, whom we have seen and heard. We saw Him with our own eyes and touched Him with our own hands. So this is, it, this is the reality of Christianity. It's something tangible, something tangible, something uh, experiential. Our faith must be experienced. There's an experience in our faith. Okay, It's relationship with Him. We have uh, we saw Him with our own eyes. We've touched Him with our own hands. He is the Word of life. This One who is life itself was revealed to us. And we have seen Him. And we testify and proclaim to you that He is the One who is eternal life. <coughs> so Jesus is eternal life. You have Him. You have eternal life. He was with the Father and He was revealed to us. We proclaim Him to you that we... Uh, what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that we may have you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ we are writing these things to you so that you might fully share our joy this is saying that through relationship with god and relationship or fellowship with each other the church this is the communion of the saints because we have... The, the word fellowship there can be translated communion. It's talking about an intimacy. Our intimacy or communion with Jesus makes us have communion with each other. And when we enjoy... When, when we're communing with the Father and with each other in the Spirit, you know what happens? According to this verse, it brings us joy. Okay? I enjoy watching Netflix at times, when there's something to watch, but and when I have time for it, but the, the, the joy fades very quickly. You laugh and you forgot, like, if you, what did you watch this week that you laughed hysterically at? Tell me every detail about it. Some of you might remember, because that's all you do. But a lot of us would not remember. But it's like what we have in the spirit is much deeper than that. The joy that we have in relationship with God and each other is much deeper than that. So, what's going on in your heart? The question is, does Jesus have your heart? Okay. Uh, Proverbs 4 23 says that we should guard our hearts for they are the wellspring of life. All the issues of life flow from our hearts. Now, you can take what I'm saying legalistically and you can try harder, you can commit again, and you can say, I'm going to, be to try harder and focus on Jesus and read my Bible and I'm going to pray and uh, I'm going to grow or whatever. But true commitment isn't born out of the flesh. True commitment and passion for Jesus isn't born because you made a decision. True commitment isn't come about about because you felt bad, so you made a decision Sunday evening that you're going to live for Jesus. Okay? That's coming out of the flesh, and it's not going to produce life. What does... Let's let's talk about commitment for a moment. Because now we're talking about how to be more committed. What does a life completely sold out for Jesus look like? Think about it. What does a life completely sold out for Jesus look like? How committed? Now think about that in terms of that. How committed do you want to be to God? God's not going to whip you if you're not committed. (coughs) God's not going to whip you towards commitment. He doesn't do that at all. Okay? But (coughs) you get to choose how committed do you want to be. Do you know, the more committed you are, the more people will want to commit you. I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> so again, you can try harder, <clears throat> but you'll fail. And when, you, your, when your efforts are based on a, a decision that you've made out of the flesh, it will produce condemnation, guilt, and shame. And the Bible says that condemnation kills, but the Spirit gives life. So whatever decision you make needs to, be, it needs to come from the Spirit. It can't be something that I'm going to be the, the, the best... Christian I can ever be. It can't be that. It's got to be like, it has to start somewhere else. I'm going to show you where it starts in a second. Okay. Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah
1: 4.6
0: says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So right now, you might be super disciplined. i I still still friends with this this guy uh, that that i've been friends with for a while but years back i remember just observing his life when i first met him we got to know each other quickly and i was like
1: how on
0: earth are you so (laughs) self-disciplined like how like how like i really i mean you know for me i'd go to the like not anymore but i'd go to the shop and you know, on the way, I thought, let me, a little bit like this maybe, but no, I try not to. But on the way back, I went and bought some chocolate because I know that people are coming over later in the week. And you know, by the time I got home, there's no more chocolate. <laughs> it's gone. I mean, I don't buy chocolate anymore. Like, at the shop, they can bring it home and then I'll be eating. You know, but
1: the point is, it's
0: like, 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 this friend of mine, if he made a decision, it was done. And I was like, I don't understand that, Lord. Like, you know, the point is, it's like I know even he at times has failed and then he shares with me that he failed in an area and it's amazing how much more guilty experiences than I do because, <laughs> because he experiences failure so little sure. why both of us are, we're, 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 it was born out of the flesh anyway because it's our efforts we're focusing on the kind of life that God wants us to live in victory is victory because of him not victory because you tried hard and you succeeded then it's all glory to you it's not that's not how the, the christian life we were called to so let me look at this how do we increase in our commitment to god because i'm sure if we all think about it there are major benefits of joy and peace and all sorts I mean, knowing God, you can hear His voice. You can walk with Him and He can guide you. It's just like knowing Him will bring you satisfaction. Knowing Him just brings you a great joy and comfort. And you go through the trials of life and you're unfazed because you know Him. He's with you. You've got this relationship. Everyone forsakes you and it's like, God, you're still here. Thank you, Father. That, they, they, it's awesome to, to, to know God. but. How committed do you want to be, and how much do you want to know God? There's a couple of things we've got to look at how to increase our commitment. So, very quickly, let's go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Right down to the end. And if nothing's blessed you so far, this will. Verse 31. Okay? It says. And soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of his son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and He will do it, and He will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as soon as and as I told the Jewish leaders. You will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. Now I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? As if he never heard anything else that Jesus just said. (laughs) Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Verse 37, this is amazing. But why can't I come, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. The, the, um, uh, verse 37 in the... Um, uh, I want to turn it over to King James. It says it beautifully. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. I'm committed to you. I'm sold out for you. Jesus, I'm committed to you. I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you. Can you hear the the, the ego there? Okay. Jesus answers him. Will you really lay down your life for my sake? Truly, truly, I say unto you, the rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. There's a a nice uh, gentle slap from Jesus. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: think about it. You, you're like, Peter's had his moment with Jesus of, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's had his revelation. Jesus replies to him, nobody taught you this. You got this from my Father. This, this, the, the Father has revealed this to you. This is a revelation. And on this revelation, I will build my church. And then Jesus is like, guys, I'm going to leave you soon. And you can't come with me. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Peter's like, where are you going? You can't leave. Where, where are you going? Jesus said, you can't come with me, but you'll follow. And Peter's like, I will lay down my life for your sake, Jesus. That's how committed I am to you. I'm sold out. That's how committed I am to you. And Jesus, who he knows is the Son of the Living God, the Messiah, says to him, you're going to deny me three times before the morning even comes. <laughs> imagine how you would feel in that moment you've just declared your, your, your goodness and you've declared your intention and you've declared your great uh, commitment you, you you sang the song quickly to jesus some of you won't even have heard the song before but there's a song that says my jesus what's it um i've lost the song now no 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 i'm never letting you go that one There's a couple songs like that. You can go and Google them all. I just don't know them that well because I don't sing them anymore. But they're all like, my Jesus, I'm never going to let you go. And it's like, Jesus says to you, really? (laughs) I know what you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to let go. Like, how good must you be to never let go of Jesus? Don't put your hand up. But I'm pretty sure there's quite a number of us here this evening who let go of Jesus this week. At some point at some point okay it wasn't just jamie the rest of us at some point too okay easy target and yo we we all have moments like that but you know what the amazing thing about john chapter 13 is is that after it comes john chapter 14. so at the end jesus there says to him you will deny me three times before the morning starts and then john 14 carries on it's not a new day it's not a new thought. It's continuation and it says let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you he, he's talking to everyone but he's talking to Peter okay? he, he's saying Peter you're gonna deny me before the morning starts You're going to break your vow of commitment to me right now but I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, even though you're going to forsake me, I'm not going to forsake you. Even though you're going to let me go, I'm not letting go of you. Even though you're going to fade in your passion and fade in your love, I'm not letting go of you. I'm not going to stop loving you, I'm not going to reject you because you forgot about me. Isn't God awesome? He's more committed to us than we are to Him. He loves us more than we could ever love Him. Go over to to Romans chapter twelve verse one. Romans chapter twelve verse one <laughs> says, "I'm gonna try ESB." Yeah. Verse 1, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. I think it's the NIV that I want. I think the NIV says, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So, commitment looks like living a yes lord life that's that's being a living sacrifice being a living sacrifice is i'm alive i get to make my decisions because god's given me a free will but i'm aligning my will with his will and i'm saying yes lord whatever you want i want that's a yes lord life that's a life of worship that's a life of sacrifice is saying yes to jesus but what that verse is saying is that you can't live a life like that unless it's born from the, the, the starting point of in view of God's mercies. That's the starting point. In view of God's mercies offer yourself a living sacrifice. I don't want anyone here tonight to get on their knees and to, to say, Father, I'm all yours. Father, I desire to live for you. Father, I'm, I'm committing myself afresh to you. What I, want, what I would really desire is that you get on your knees, or you you, you open up your heart, you stand, you sit, whatever, and you're like, Father, I want to be more committed. But I know it starts with knowing you, and having a revelation of your goodness, and having a revelation of your mercy, and seeing your grace, seeing who you are. So please reveal yourself to me. Please show yourself to me. And you can't just wait a bit and be like, okay, well... I wonder when God's going to answer this prayer. Let's get on with it. That's not how it works. If you seek, you will find. So you get into the Word. You listen to good teaching. And what will happen is you'll start to see the true nature of God. You'll start to see His love for you. And He will captivate your heart in that moment. And then what happens is you start to love Him as a response to His love. Jesus has the the rich, uh, it's the lawyer. The lawyer comes to him and says, what is the greatest commandment? The Bible says he's trying to trick him. The the lawyer is trying to trick Jesus. How stupid do you have to be? And he's like, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He's trying to get him to speak against the holy law of Moses. Because he knows he's a great great man. And so so what does Jesus do? He answers the law man with law. He says the greatest commandment is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. On all the law and the all the law and the prophets, hang on these two things. That's pretty good. You know, if if, if if I was asked the same thing before I learned this lesson, before I studied this out a few years ago, you know what I would have said? You have it all wrong. It's no longer law, it's grace. And the stones would have come out and I would have been dead. That probably would have, would have happened. Because I would have been not, not answer, like thinking about my, my audience. Jesus is thinking about his audience. There's this guy wrapped up in law. Let me answer him in a way that's going to minister to him, but he's going to have to think. So I'll answer law with law. <laughs> because the law is speaking about Jesus. That's what the purpose of the law is, to, to teach Jesus, believe it or not. And so, Jesus says, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, some of you know this question. This is a good question. There's a a verse that says, We love Him because He first loved us. Okay? It was First John Someone You can Google it and you'll find it quick. Now, that verse, when uh, John wrote it, did it become a truth or was it a truth? That John wrote. It was a truth that John wrote. John didn't write it and go, wow. I just created a truth. <laughs> God spoke to him and he wrote the truth. That was always. It was an eternal. Truth is eternal. So the truth was eternal. That we love him because he first loved us. So wrapped up in what Jesus is saying to this legalistic uh, Jew. This This lawyer. There's experts in the law, the Bible calls him Matthew 22, over it is. You know what Jesus is saying? You'll love the Lord your God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying, you need to know my love first. That's the greatest command. It's, 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 it's hidden in there. Because Jesus Himself knew that truth. And He knew that no one can love Him unless they know His love. We cannot love Jesus without first knowing His love. So when we know His love, we can love Him in response. Loving God is a response to His love. Loving other people comes from receiving His love. So here's the thing. How do we grow in our devotion to God? It starts with focusing on how much God loves us. And we, we just focus in on that. And it will not keep you in a place of passivity if you are actually meditating on it properly it will motivate you towards action because if you truly experience his love and come to see his love you know what's going to happen is you're going to be like god i love you thank you i'll do anything for you oh did i just say that god wow but i would because i trust you That, that that's where love flows from is experiencing love we experience His love and then we're able to love Him and other people. When we uh, realize how committed Jesus is to us, we will start to be committed to Him. You wake up in the morning and you plan to have a quiet time. You plan to read your Bible. You plan to pray. And you're tired. What's one of the first feelings you have in that moment?
1: Huh?
0: Condemnation. because it's happened to you? So I'm waiting <laughs> to see who's going to answer this question. It never happens to me. <laughs> but you've got young kids, so I understand. Like, it's difficult to wake up sometimes, right? Except when the baby cries. Then, so, so it's like, in that moment you feel condemnation, guilt sometimes, you even feel shame eventually. But the point is, is in that moment of not being able to f- uh, follow through on your commitment, you know what we should say? Thank you, Jesus. You're more committed to me than I am to you. You want to meet with me now more than I want to meet with you because I want to want to meet with you. But right now, I just don't want to meet with you because I'm tired. (laughs) Father, I'm tired. You know that. But you want to meet with me. You know, and, and, and it might take a little bit of uh, to actually say, you know what, I'm going to do it because it's important. And it might take a little bit of discipline. It's not wrong. To, to, to train yourself to say no to the flesh and staying in bed when you, you want to get out and spend time with God. It's not wrong because you're not doing that to try and earn something from God. You're doing it because you know God loves you and He's waiting to let you know how much He loves you. And you can do that while you're in bed but the majority of us will probably fall asleep while Jesus is trying to talk to us. And that's why you have dreams. (laughs) Because you won't listen in the day. I'm convinced of that. Whenever I have a dream, I know it's because I'm not listening. (laughs) I'm like, God had to speak to me when I was five, When when I was a neutral So the whole point is, it's like we want to grow in our commitment to God. Because we've got a purpose, because we want to live a satisfied life and all this, but, 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 it's not about what you can do for Him, it's about what He has done for you. And the more you focus in on what He has done for you, the more it's going to transform you, and then you'll start to do something for Him. You know, everything we've done, the church plantings, the, the mission trips, the whatever else we do, we, I've, I haven't done anything... Because I was trying to get God's attention. I was doing it because God got my attention. And it was like, God, I love you. You're amazing. Let, let's see how far we can go from you. Not God, God's expecting something, but God's inviting me into something. Because it's satisfying. It's, it, it's life. It's peace. Amen. This is a place, the place to live. It's a place of satisfaction and delight to know Him. Not because He's going to give me
1: my orders. Like some of you,
0: your prayer life is just about asking for direction. Stop it. And go, God, what do you want to tell me today? God, show me how much you love me. I know I need to, I need to deal with this problem, but I'm going to push pause on the problem. And I'm going to go, and the problem won't wait for you. But, you, but you're like, uh, it, it will wait for you, but it might develop. But it's more important that you go, Hey God, we're more important right now. Let's talk. Let's fellowship. Let's enjoy each other. Dare you to try and ask Him to tell you a joke. And then in your, in, in your heart, tells you something. I heard of i <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Anyway. Father, well, I want to thank you. <laughs> thank you, Father, that in you is fullness of joy. In You is peace. and In You is life. In relationship with You, we have everything we need. In You, we can live a satisfied life. Thank You, Father, that this is not an expectation on us, but it's an expectation for us. That You're inviting us into this relationship with You so that we can know You and experience the fruitfulness of our relationship with You. And we can just enjoy you, Father, forever. Because that's our purpose, is to enjoy you and to glorify you. Father, anyone who realizes that they are are at zero, maybe they haven't received Christ yet, I thank you, Father, that tonight they'll talk to someone and they'll ask that person, how can I receive Christ? I encourage you, if that's you, come talk to myself or... Anybody that, that you see as a regular here or a leader, they'll help you. They'll pray with you. But Father, I thank you for, for, for us who are, have received you and are Christians. And we know we want to increase in our commitment. We want to experience you more. We want to know you more. Thank you, Father, that you help protect us from any legalism to try hard, to put self-effort into this and to build religion into this. Help us to rather just say, Jesus, captivate me with your love. And to just seek to experience and know your love so that it would propel us forward
1: in your purposes.
0: Propel us forward in commitment to you. In saying no to the things we need to say no to and saying yes to you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you just, your job, do your job, which is to gush forth the love of God in our hearts gush forth the love of God in our hearts let's just stand up together as we close just close your eyes and focus on the Lord for a moment and I just believe that he's wanting to refresh you in his presence and refresh you in his love before you leave because he knows you might have a difficult week (laughs) he knows you might have some challenges ahead some 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 things that you need to overcome and the answer to overcoming in every situation is, Know Him. Father, we want to know You more. Help us to know You more. Thank You that You've given us a Bible so that we can know You more. You've given us spiritual families so we can learn from each other and know You more. There's no excuse for not knowing You more. Father, I thank you that as we dig in to discover more of your goodness, more of your love, that by your spirit you are revealing yourself to us and helping and enabling us to have a fruitful, intimate relationship with you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can find more of our free teachings on our website